0: Hi, I'm Cece, and welcome to the Barry Dyer's Podcast, where we share our most intimate insecurities, bariatric stories, and battle with obesity. So grab a cup of inspiration with me as we figure out life, Host off together. We are so excited to announce that ProCare Health, is sponsoring the Berry Diaries podcast and all of our 2022 events. ProCare Health wants to tackle some of the stigmas of bariatric surgery. For example, one of the toughest parts of being a bariatric patient is making sure we're getting in all those vitamins and checking in with our doctor to see if we actually achieve proper absorption. ProCare Health is specially formulated for bariatric patients. And know what our bodies need. Not only do they take out the guesswork and make it easy for us to achieve our vitamin goals, but they also give us vitamins that taste like dessert. Win, win. And they're easily digestible. Did I mention dark chocolate squares and cinnamon rolls? Give them a try. Use code BerryPod to save at procarenow.com. Who's ready to hear an inspirational weight loss surgery story? Today we have a special guest, it's Doug, my husband, and today's episode is a Valentine's Day special episode about love, sex, and marriage in the bariatric experience.
1: Hey baby, happy Valentine's Day. I love you. I love you too. It's also almost our anniversary, two months, a little less than two months.
0: Douglas. When we met, I don't know if you know this, but I had just gotten out of a bad relationship. I mean, you know that. And it, it was an emotionally, physically abusive relationship. I was starving myself and I was binging, not really binging. I would like have a Starbucks Frappuccino and I would like reward myself and so I was having moments where I was having food as a reward treat for myself and using food as a tool to satisfy my emotional distress, mental distress. And so when we met, I weighed like 138 pounds. How did we meet Doug?
1: Well, we met at the gym, you know, before we go into that too, um, to add on to what you say, sorry, if I'm sharing too much personal stuff, but That's okay he was also almost forcing you to starve yourself too. He was very terrible person for anybody listening, forcing that upon you in addition to, you know, you creating some of the issues that were out of that. But uh, but anyway, so fast forward, you know, I guess maybe something good that actually came out of that was uh, he had actually convinced CC to start doing professional MMA events in the Austin, Texas area. So Cece was looking for sponsors, help her. She was looking for a gym specifically to partner with her organization, you know? And so I was one of the trainers that worked at the gym. Well, I think part of her sponsorship kind of ended up with like, it was like free personal training or something like that. (laughs) Yeah. And I was not her trainer. I was uh, somebody else. I I was training other people in there. One day Cece invited me to dinner to discuss business. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, definitely was not business. Of course, I was a little naive. Was, that the, was a that trick. Thought.
0: That that was a trick, Doug. That was a total, yeah, that was a, hey, I um, want to, let's chat.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, I honestly, I don't remember that when we got together unless, I think we said we were gonna, but then I think I left for vacation for a few weeks to go home. And then our, our dinner ended up being our first date at my apartment, I guess, right?
0: yeah with that well we can back up a little bit so Doug just got off deployment in April of that year oh, and I yeah. I met him in June so he was part-timing training people at this gym and so yeah I didn't know he had just got off deployment and but yes you'd went to your parents for a few weeks and then we were talking the whole time I'll let you keep going go ahead I like
1: well that. we, we were- Talk about that because you know cece was playing landed on pretty thick and it's probably inappropriate for this channel
0: <laughs> no, no, the- it's okay i there was one point where i was chatting on the phone i couldn't get anything out of you it was very sterile conversation i was like oh,
1: i was trying to keep fuck. it business focused That's i why. was trying
0: to not keep it business focused and then you finally said hey i'm picking up what you're putting down or something
1: yeah we still and- use that as a a
0: joke, yeah, I was with a friend of mine at the time, and she was like, he does not like you, girl, you need to delete that move on. And I was like, what he does not And I was so disappointed because I saw you at this gym. I remember the first time I saw you when I walked in. And I say this all the time, but you're going to listen to it because they haven't heard it. I remember I was standing next to you and they were introducing everybody to me. And you were standing next to me. And Doug is like 6'2, and I'm 4'11, and he's this big tower. I love a hunk of muscle next to me. <laughs> <laughs> standing there, this beautiful body trainer. Somebody who's like overweight, Doug, or has an eating problem or obesity problem. Even if you're not overweight, but you have a body dysmorphia problem, you were like. Beautiful. You were standing there next to me and in my head, I was like, oh my God, he's standing next to me. And then <laughs> you sat on the couch and you sat me down on the couch and you said, I remember you looked me in the eyes and you said, what do you want to gain by coming here? Not a sponsor perspective, but a, like an exercise perspective, <clears throat> mm-hmm. um, you know, because I did want to exercise. I just remember when you talked to me, you're very humble, very genuine. And I just remember how, how much that kind of impacted me at the moment. I was like, wow, he really does give a shit. He's not mm-hmm. just looking at somebody to exercise in the gym. Like he really cares. He really mm. wants me to get my goals.
1: You know, one of the things with that, you know, a lot of people don't realize is, you know, I, I came from, I guess you could call it the opposite spectrum, if you will. Like when I graduated high school and joined the army, Actually, I was shorter. I was 5'11". I didn't get taller until I started doing pull-ups. And uh, I was like 160 pounds. I looked like, a, you know, I looked like I had been literally starving to death. You know, you could see all my ribs and all my bones. And I wasn't like anorexic or anything. I was just scrawny. I grew up in a town that we didn't have a gym. It, none of that, but the, the nearest gym was like 50 miles away. And my school gym was like, you know, the size of a little mop closet probably, you know. So there wasn't any, nobody ever taught me how to work out. It was probably about 10 years after I'd been in that I finally had somebody kind of force it on me. And then I actually self-taught myself everything I knew. And uh, before I finally went and started getting certifications and I gained 50 pounds of muscle. I mean, I'm sure I gained a little bit of fat along there too. It was one of those things. It was a very transformational moment for me. Doing it was also therapy for me because at the time that that happened, this was when I was about 27 when I say therapy, it's because I was going through a lot of issues with uh, severe depression. I was going through my divorce. I had uh, severe PTSD. I had a lot of uh, emotional imbalance due to traumatic brain injury from uh, my first deployment. You know, so there's a lot of underlying issues, you know, and uh, for me in that case, like fitness kind of changed my life. And so... That's when I really started to buy into it, but not just buy into doing it for myself, but like legitimately caring about other people. Cause I saw what it did for me, you know, it made me realize that, you know, everybody starts somewhere. Everybody has a reason that they're where they are, but that also made me realize that understanding those reasons is just as important, you know? So then you fast forward another nine years, I guess it was, or something like that, however many years it was to 2016, when I met you in the gym, don't get me wrong. I definitely wanted to make money as well. But, you know, when you're charging over a $100 an hour for a client, granted, I know you were training for free. When you're charging over a $100 an hour, you know, you can't bring somebody in there and BS them and then give crappy results because then you're going to lose all your clients. I always like to try to really, really get to my clients. And I'd even let clients go sometime, you know, but it was just because I wanted to know what was wrong with them. I wanted to know not what was wrong with them, but like what was their issues, what was holding them up from progress, you know, whether it be just a thing or whether it be a mental aspect. And so I always did kind of a holistic sort of approach. Like I'd talk to people about their issues. They didn't realize that I was psychologically interviewing them. I'm not a psychologist <laughs> by any means, but I would, I, I'd talk to people. I'd slowly learn more about them. I learned about their family lives and learned about their history and like stuff like that. And it was kind of fun. I always enjoyed it a little bit, but they didn't realize that I was doing it. I was doing it on purpose though, to try and become Figure a better out.
0: trainer. Yeah. You have to figure out what underlying issue it is that's holding them back.
1: Yeah, because you know you can't just train somebody, you can't just change their diet because then you're just treating a symptom of a problem. You're not treating the problem. And you and I have talked about that a lot, you know, about identifying the underlying issue. What is the actual problem? You know, yeah, we talked and then when we came back, I think, yeah, I invited you over for dinner. Yeah, he did. he did. Did we didn't we watch?
0: Did we watch he, that? Okay, wait, you got to give the girl version, baby. Okay, so I got <laughs> off my car, guys. I text them. I said, I'm here, and I'm getting off my car, and I go to the back seat. I don't know what I was getting in the back seat, but oh, I remember. Oh, hold on.
1: Okay, to yeah, remember, every time that you see, see me, and this is like my norm t-shirt and shorts, I don't, you know, if I'm wearing pants, whew, special That's occasion. True.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All Doug wears is either his military outfit or gym shorts. Nice shorts and his shirt t shirts. So, anyway, he's walking across the parking lot. Oh my god, he had on this shirt, guys, and it was like tight. And you could see all of his I mean, this guy was like, oh my god, beautiful. And he had these pants on. I remember I stuck my head back in the car and I was like, oh my god, I was terrified and so excited at the same time. But, yes, <laughs> so what movie did we watch? Do you remember, Doug?
1: Pretty sure <laughs> it was John Wick 2. Boom. Or was it John? I guess. it was John
0: Wake too Yeah, it was the oh. second one. I, uh, just, I had that. Uh, he cooked me two. dinner. He cooked me dinner. And he also cooked me breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> I'm that type of, of girl. <laughs> <laughs> I was easy and it was amazing. But at the same time, I was also, I didn't know how inadvertently that other relationship, even though it had ended and gone how much it really impacted me. Because until that point, I always felt like I was beautiful. Like I never felt ugly. (laughs) I never had a man tell me I wasn't beautiful or complain about my body or anything until that particular man. I didn't realize how much he had beat down my self-confidence and self-worth. It was kind of hard. I think we had a little rough road there. But Doug always made me feel pretty and always made me feel beautiful. And I tell you this all the time. And I tell people this on the podcast, but you don't listen to the podcast. So you don't know. (laughs) I tell them that you always touch my fatty parts. Every woman has fatty parts that they hate the most. Like they're so self-conscious about. And I talk about how you will touch me in all of these places and just love it. I just, I've never felt fat in your arms. I've never felt, I don't want to cry, but you've never made me feel less than.
1: Because it's all about the everything experience. I didn't judge you because you were heavier or I didn't think of you as fat. It's, it's a hard thing to, to talk about it in a way because, you know, we've associated such an insult with some of these words. So it's kind of hard to explain, but it's like, that's, I didn't see you in any type of derogatory manner. Part of that too, is, you know, initially I mean, okay, that was our first date. You know, I got it. You know, we've been together. That's not me. I guess you could say, I love you. I don't, wouldn't matter if you gained weight, lost weight. I would be concerned, you know, if you gained say a hundred or something pounds, because obviously something is wrong to make you suddenly gain a hundred pounds when you've lost, you know, a, a lot of weight together, you know, and same with the other way around. If you started going down a path of like starving yourself and losing tons of weight, not because of surgery, right. Same thing. I would be concerned, you know, because I, I love you as a human being. It was one of those things we, I didn't realize at the time, but uh, you know, also too, like, you know, you had a lot of trouble with intimacy with the lights with any light period. I mean, <laughs> it could be little tiny laser light on the whatever TV, <laughs> <It was> like <laughs> you did, didn't matter what it was. And over time, you know, you became a little bit more confident in yourself. It just started use you. It wasn't like a, there was no fat you. There was no skinny you. There was no like whatever. It was just you. There was no other word associated with it.
0: Mm-hmm. I would turn off all the lights. And I always said it's because I couldn't sleep with lights on, it would keep me up, but it was a lie. I just I, I, <laughs> you know <laughs> you knew that
1: I, the whole time.
0: <laughs> oh okay. Well damn
1: I never told you that I did. Uh, because okay I to feel bad about it. And you know and, and at the time too, you know, I didn't know anything that had really happened. But I think it was probably about six months into our relationship that you finally actually started even open up about that.
0: Yeah. I would turn off the lights. I had a really, really hard time. So I eventually I got down to 138 and I'm Mm -hmm. eleven. I was 138. That was my smallest I'd ever been since of course, being young. I slowly, even though I was with Doug and I was happy and everything was great. I was still struggling mentally with all the issues. So I gained my weight back up and we kept, we always talked about Cause Doug's pretty, I mean, you're, I mean, you know, you're pretty committed to health and fitness and, you know, eating good and, and healthy lifestyle and all that. And I, I love that and I want that too, but I, I always struggled. So I gained weight and I got back up to one seventy nine.
1: Well, so some of that too, I, I think, and uh, I just think it's important to bring it up is I think, you know, we still didn't have closure you know, and uh, there's, so there's a lot more to it. And I think that was, it was kind of a hard thing to bring up because I didn't want to, but I knew it was important to me too, that you found closure. So I think that was just, you weren't just eating that because you really weren't eating that much, but uh, we also weren't exercising very much.
0: When you weren't there, I would binge eat. And it wasn't that it was binge eating by eating like a ton of stuff. The technical term to binge eating is where you eat a lot of food. I wouldn't say I ate a lot.
1: It it can be too. It was a different kind. It wasn't like a lot over the course of the day. It would be at single times.
0: Yeah. But I would eat the wrong food. Like I would eat the Udi's pizza, which is Mm -hmm. supposed to be, it's a gluten-free pizza, but it's all carb. It's like bread and it's, I would eat the whole pizza or Mm -hmm. I would eat like the mac and cheese Udi's, the gluten-free mac and cheese Udi's. And that's just bad. Or I was drinking a lot of soda water. You know, yeah. just I was eating the wrong things and I was still going to Starbucks. <laughs> the, the caramel frappuccino. Four, about four times a week. Yeah, maybe every day, baby. Every day, yeah. probably. <laughs> so I got back up to 179. And then I finally.
1: By the way, my love and my opinion of you didn't change throughout this time.
0: When did you, I mean, it's just the off question, but when did you, had you ever heard of bariatric surgery before I told you?
1: I had heard of, uh, what was it called? A lap band. Didn't know what it was. Maybe one other. I can't remember what the heck it was. But the thing is, is I'd only maybe heard of them in passing you know, there's not a lot of TV. I, I never really see stuff like that on TV. I don't watch a lot of uh, the, what do you call it? What's that show that true life, the one that the channel that has like surgeries and all that weird stuff on there. I
0: um, don't watch that channel. But no, you're talking about my 600 pound life.
1: Well, no, no, no. There's no? like a whole show that's dedicated to like surgeries and weird ailments and all this stuff and I can't remember what the heck it was but uh they were big in like the early 2000s but I never watched any shows like that either so but also too I never never heard anybody even talk about because you know the other thing too yeah I remember I was in the military for like you know now however many years it is if you were overweight in the military well after the second time at least on active duty the guard doesn't do this but on active duty second time you fail I mean you're gone they kick you out yeah you know so it's not like surgery is an option for somebody because it's like, no, lose the weight. Okay. You didn't Now you're gone. Bye. And yeah. that was it. End of your career. You know? So that, I think that's probably why is uh, part of the reason why too, is because, you know, you're forced to be in a, a group. I don't know that, but you're forced to do <laughs> physical <Yeah>. training, <laughs> you know?
0: Yeah. So it kind
1: of it helps you out. You get a kind of a cheat card on that. One,
0: you know? Yeah. So. <laughs> I think honestly, I remember when the kids were real little, I think I, we had heard about the lap band, me and my first husband, we had had heard about the lap band or something, but they didn't cover it with his insurance. And I just mentally forgot about it. But then when, when me and you were together, I've seen it somewhere or somewhere it came to popped up on Instagram or something. I don't know. I thought, holy shit, I can get bariatric surgery. Cause I think I've always kind of Like I've struggled with food and I knew I needed help. I knew I had an eating problem, a food addiction problem, and I knew I had mental issues that I needed to work out and I could not stop. Like I could not conquer it mentally. And if you can't do that, you can't lose weight. I don't care how long you go to the damn gym. Mm -hmm. It's not going to mean a shit if you eat it all away and right after you exercise.
1: It was like an addiction. Yeah. You know, so to speak, there, there's a difference between just, oh, we'll just change the way you do something. Like, you know, there's small habits and there's like addictive level habits. There's a reason that, you know, people who are doing drugs have to see a drug counselor mm-hmm. to assist them in not doing drugs anymore. And I, I think that's the point, you know, that at some point or another in your life, you'd kind of reached for, couldn't really say when, but yeah. And, and I, so that's why, like, for me now that I know more about it, because honestly, until you started researching it, I didn't know it. About it, it kind of makes sense. You know, at first I was like, huh, okay, you've done a really good job explaining to me. And I'm a little bit more sold on it now because not everybody just stop. You know what I mean? It's not as simple as that.
0: You're absolutely right. I think for some people, if they just change their eating habits or go keto or eat better and they just Mm -hmm. exercise 30 minutes a day, the weight just comes off. But for Mm -hmm. me, being in my 40s, you know, and having, breast cancer, having thyroid problem. I had the Hashimoto's I'm celiac. I had a ton of like several autoimmune diseases. I think I struggled in general. On top of that, I had the eating problem and the food addiction problem, uh, the binging problem, bad, poor habits. And I think for me, I am the definition of somebody needing help. (laughs) Mm. Tell me about when I told you that I wanted to have bariatric surgery. It wasn't.
1: I don't know. I was. I think in the end, I think I was just like, okay. <laughs> I don't think it really struck me as this crazy thing because I, I think part of it was because I still didn't totally understand it. I think you know. You remember you telling me that you're going to have like a portion of your stomach removed, and and you know, a blessing was that by this time, you had Tricare, so I, that was actually pretty cool. My military insurance covered it and whatnot. I, mean, I don't think we had paid anything on pocket, did we? It was 100% free. Yeah, I guess I would know I would have got a bill for that. But uh, <laughs> so yeah, but uh, you know, I didn't really know what to expect. To me in my head, I didn't really think it was that big of a deal. I didn't think it would be that hard. I didn't think it would be that big with change. When you were, so you were, I think you said like 178, right? And you said that you're, that you're smallest, you were 138. I, maybe because it was so long, or maybe because I'm around you so much, or maybe just because I love you, I didn't really see that significant difference. I wasn't, I didn't see the, like, I, I couldn't really tell that you'd gained a significant amount of weight from when we first met. Yes. I mean, it's 40 pounds is a lot, you know, especially when you're your size. You know, if you really think about it, 178 pounds, that's 25% of your body, you know, so yeah. a, but I never noticed. It. So afterwards, I didn't really know what to expect. I didn't really think that, you were going to be that much different in size or anything. So I was like,
0: like at 179, I was like thick, like my fat was like thick. And like, I was filled out.
1: Now I can see the difference. And I think maybe it's because it happened so much quicker. You know, now I can tell that, I guess you I can tell the difference between 30 or 40 pounds. You know what I mean? If that makes any sense. It's just, yeah. it's harder when it's been together for six years. Yeah.
0: I had the VSG and I think you were working. So I, I think you came with me to the hospital, but then as soon as they took me back, you had to go back to work.
1: Yeah, there was something going on. I, I can't remember. Yeah, what day it, was. Had, I think it was
0: something military. You had to go. You had to leave you,
1: had to to the field for two weeks. I think it was, yeah. it was a training. huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: So you had to leave. So I had my surgery and I remember one time you said, I said, how much weight do you think I'll lose? And you said, baby, I think you're going to lose like 20 pounds. I don't think you really knew how much weight I had to lose.
1: Yeah. You, you still wouldn't tell me how much you weighed. You, you, <laughs> you I think I might've seen it once or twice, but I, I think I tried to, if mamma, would have at least played along with whatever, but I don't think I really. No,
0: I'm going to tell you where they, somebody... You, fucking spilled how much I weighed it was last valentine's day this last valentine's day you took me to the urgent care because we had just came back from minnesota
1: was that the snowstorm
0: yes and i guys i had a it was like a duct d-u-c-t i can't i say i don't want to say a duck it sounds like i'm saying duck but it's not duck. duck A dust yes. and it had gotten clogged and it was this huge cyst. We had a snowstorm. Now, you, Jen? Till it.
1: So, the reason I got to stop here is because you're probably <laughs> going to have listeners that are from my home of North Dakota, like, Ooh, Texas and your snowstorms. And they're going to make fun of us. <laughs> right. So, in Texas, there are no snow plows because it snows like once every 20 years or something like that. There is no salt. There is no anything. Right. So, when it snows, the entire state shuts down. Nobody does anything. This particular one, even by, you know, other place standards was pretty bad. I think we got like in San Angelo, we got like 20 inches overnight or something That's like that. It was crazy. Just... And it hadn't snowed in San Angelo literally in like 18 years. It was a complete disaster. You know, it, at first it started out and I remember she was feeling kind of sick and she was kind of worried about it. And we were like, ah, let's just wait and see what happens. And I think by the end of the day, I mean, this sucker was like, I don't know if you'd see, but it was just like,
0: like a golf yeah. ball.
1: Yeah. It was, it was huge. And, it and I had bad. a fever. Yeah, So we brought you in and, uh, you No, know, you it got to tell
0: the g- sweet part though. It was snowing and I couldn't walk and Doug literally almost had to carry me to the truck. And I remember you came to the room you're like, baby, we're going to urgent care. If I have to, we are, you are going to urgent care and you, said i don't care about the weather and you nearly carried me to the truck like you were really worried
1: yeah. he said you can leave that out i don't remember actually it I was remember. very
0: romantic very sweet oh. it was valentine's oh. day last year
1: i didn't realize that was valentine's day that's interesting didn't have power and we hadn't had water in like a week and a half because somebody had poisoned the water supply before the pipes froze. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it was like so a So the whole it- city
0: was out of water. Half of the city was out of water. Yeah. There Go was ahead. no lights. They did something in Texas last year where they were like sharing the light and only certain sections would have light and then they would cut it off and they would turn on another section in the town. it was really crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We went to urgent care. And I remember I tried to get you to wait out in the lobby the lady took me in. I, ha- I got you to wait in the lobby. I said, can you get something out of the car? Or cause I didn't want you to hear how much I weighed. She weighed me. And then you came back in. And I was like, yes, you came in right as she weighed me and said my number. And I was like, yes. And so, and all of that, Doug, while I had this huge thing in my freaking <laughs> thigh, inner thigh, my vagina area, I'm in pain. And all I could worry about was, oh, my God, he cannot know how much I weigh. <laughs> I
1: had no idea. That was what I
0: needed Yeah. And then we get in the room and the lady's typing it in. And she was like, how much did you weigh out there? Or how uh, did you catch that number? And I was like, uh, I think it was like 158 or something. <laughs> and she was like, oh, nope, it's 179. I got it. Or 170. And I was <laughs> like, you bitch. How dare <laughs> you? And Doug was sitting right there and he heard my number. Broke my heart, broke my heart. And then, of course, they proceeded to cut it open and I screamed my heart out and Doug cried, which is very sweet. You cried because you saw me in all that pain. Mm -hmm. Did you cry because it was gross or did you cry because you were sad because it hurt me?
1: No, I would have threw up from the grossness. I I cried because you're in pain. I I would I refuse to look at it when they were cutting, cause like, I can't do that. You know, I could them cutting, say if you had to have surgery, right? I could stomach cutting that open more than I can. Weird body growths and stuff like that. Like you said, you like the Dr. Pimple Popper stuff, right? Like that stuff makes me want to throw up on the spot. I cannot watch it. But whereas like somebody being cut open without going into details, like, you know we've seen people wounded or something like that, right? does not make me want to throw up at all. But like seeing somebody cut into something like that, that makes me want to throw up. So I didn't even look at that. So, you know, I was, I was yeah, moved, but, were hurt and in pain. I refused but, to.
0: <laughs> but you can be in the military and defuse a bomb or watch somebody get shot and have to patch it up or like crazy different. things.
1: I don't know. It's different. It's blood and blood is not pus. Let's just say. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. Okay. You got me there. You win. So I had surgery Got that done. That's good. And then I started dropping the weight. What was that like to watch me not be able to eat or anything or change my
1: well, I and I know you've talked about this on your podcast. I think as soon as you could eat solid food, I remember we went to like Texas Roadhouse and you were ordering <laughs> stuff. And and I've even heard this like almost they I mean, used this exact example on one of your I think it was like your first episode. Remember that I don't listen to. But uh oh, okay. and- <laughs> how uh um he like ordered like tons like it was like the steak and a sweet potato and something some sides i don't remember what uh-huh. and like, i even i told you i was like are, are you sure
0: and <laughs> a margarita, and a margarita.
1: Yeah. <laughs> that, and it so i guess but, you know because that that was i want i think that was like our first time we were going to celebrate you know even being able to eat hard food if i remember and uh you know and- yeah, weird because you were like eating like just popsicles and all that stuff, and I was like, man, that sucks. But I felt bad eating around you, so a lot of times I wouldn't. And actually, during this time, I think I probably gained five or ten pounds because I would eat on the go just so I could eat away. But then, like, I have this problem where if I go to a gas station, again, that like, I'm like, hey, oh well, while I'm here, let me get one of these Reese's the sticks. Those are my favorites, right? Uh-huh. They only show size. I mean, so you gotta get a king size. Got to eat all four. Yeah, and I think I probably gained like ten pounds while you were suffering.
0: Uh (laughs) oh.
1: But but no, we went. Yeah, yeah. Maybe not ten pounds. I mean I I have trouble gaining weight, but I know I definitely got a little chunkier. I think you had three bites of the steak, maybe one bite of the sweet potato, just to say that you had a bite of it. in my head, I was like, I think, and then I think we made a joke about it because we were like, well, I guess at least going out to eat is going to be a lot cheaper from now on. <laughs> and uh, yeah. that was kind of interesting. And then after that, though, you know, we really started to, I, I like, I started to learn to kind of live with it a little bit more and uh, made it a little easier. Now, I think, unfortunately, I, I think eventually it evolved into you eating the right amount and me probably eating about a thousand less calories than I'm supposed to a day. I don't know how I haven't been losing weight because I, I definitely do not eat the appropriate amount of food in a single day anymore. And, uh, cause I, I, feel bad, you know, that much around you, but, but at the same time, that's okay. I don't feel like I'm really hungry. You know, I don't work out like I used to. So, you know, when I was in the gym, I was working out twice a day, sometimes three times a day. And I was eating 4,000 calories a day, but I, was doing it to maintain, you know, the work level. Cause also too, it was like super hot at that gym. So like, you know, I was sweating all the time and, but I, I did it based on my body fat. Cause I would check my body fat like every single day, you know? And so there was a, a reason that I did it, but now, you know, because I don't exercise as often because I had, you know, just cause my schedule's kind of jacked up and I, okay. I'm not going to make excuses. I hate it when people say, Oh, well don't have the time. You know, I don't have my time. So anyways, we'll just say, because I'm lazy.
0: Yeah. You're slacking, Doug. You're slacking.
1: No. Yeah, I, I think that's the only reason that it doesn't really bother me as much. But I, I'm probably only eating like 1500 calories a day, which for somebody who's six, you know, I'm not six two, six one and weighs two hundred and fifteen pounds. You no. know, that's
0: six two to twenty. I'm standing oh. by that. It just sounds so good. It rolls out my t- it just <laughs> that's the perfect right there. That's that's what I want. Let me ask you this. I suppose it is hard because whenever we are together and we get to eat together, it's really hard because you eat really fast. Yeah. And I constantly have to say, baby, slow down because <laughs> I have to eat so damn slow. You well,
1: know? but you've, you've taught me a lot too. So I guess what I, what I was trying to say before with the amount is I kind of realized that I was probably overeating many times, even though like I got it, I'm still coming up short I would eat past the feeling of stuffed, you know, and, and it's funny because I hear these, these are things that I hear you talk about having done before, even though like, I, I'm, you know, not for like really overweight, but it's, I'm doing all the same things that you were doing that, you know, led you to be overweight. Mm-hmm. Right. And another one is like, you know, I gulp my food and, and, and that's, you know, mostly related to, you know, the military and just stuck with me for many years.
0: Let's talk about sex now. How has sex changed for you after I've lost the 40 pounds so far? It hasn't. Nothing's changed it's... for you?
1: Nope. Seems Do you feel
0: same. like more att- attracted to me now? Hmm.
1: Um. Maybe, but in a different way. I kind of feel like, yes, but not because you've lost weight. Yes, because you seem to start, you, you're starting to have more self-confidence in how you appear. And I find that attractive. I know there's some alpha males out there who like a submissive woman who hates herself and her life and all that good stuff. And I think those men are gross and disgusting and they're just preying on people. You know, And uh, I like a woman who has self-confidence. I, I don't want, and I'm not saying you were any of these things. I don't I, I want somebody who's like a pity case oh, woe is me. I'm so ugly and blah, blah, blah. You know, because you you didn't say those things before, you know, but uh, even if you felt them, you didn't say them, you know, I find you more attractive now because you have more self-confidence, you know, you just the way you carry yourself, you know, like you're not as timid about things and you're just, you're more comfortable with yourself in general. I appreciate that. I like it. And the lights are
0: on. The lights are on, Doug.
1: That's true. I mean, you
0: come home now and, well, we'll like do it on the couch now and with the lights on in the middle of the day.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's that
0: What's that like?
1: I, same thing. It's not, what is it not... like
0: seeing me now compared to not seeing me before?
1: I, I, I like it. I enjoy it, you know, because, you know, I, I like to be able to enjoy, you know, you, you know, because I, I think intimacy between couples is, you know, you reach a different level the more of your senses, if you will, are involved, right? So before, you know, there were one <laughs> very visually stimulating because the lights were off. It couldn't see it. I mean it wasn't just off. It was dark, pitch black, you know, half the time. Not all the time. And then also too, you know, of course, I was really clumsy. I think I probably need you in the head a couple of times. Like I'm pretty sure elbows <laughs> and so we don't gotta worry about that as much so that's how it is yeah honestly maybe like it's just it's not that much different to me because I still love you and it hasn't changed that and I, I know that's another thing you know you talked about with somebody on your podcast is how you know the change has mostly been in you you know it's for me it's not that much different you know
0: so you listened to the episode with beyond the sleeve academy did you
1: okay i've listened to
0: parts (laughs) (laughs) got you so do you fast forward you just fast forward or what how'd you listen did you listen to the whole episode with mabel i I think we should (laughs) before
1: we run me on a guilt trip
0: (laughs) i'm not i'm just i'm that sounded like an episode and that's what she said She was like, she got on to me and she was exactly right. I was like, I mean, he said the sex is the same and I think it's different. She said, Cece, he's always been there. He's always been mentally present in that moment for him. It's you that wasn't, it was all you. It was never Doug, it was always you. And Mm -hmm. so when she said that, I was like, well, shit. I didn't realize how much the weight and all of everything I've been through and all the, all that affected my just really being there in the moment with you until now. I
1: I think, you know, a lot of it, you know, you can, hopefully everybody listening can kind of understand is, you know, it's, it's not just about love between partners. Okay. So it goes back to what I was saying earlier about your level of uh, self-confidence in yourself. And I love that more. And it's because you love yourself more, you know, and I know there's always like all kinds of cliche statements about that, you know, and like, how can you love anybody else? if You don't love yourself sort of stuff, you know, but, but it really is true, you know, and, uh, and that's the same thing I went through, um, years ago, is you know I didn't love myself. But I didn't care about myself, so I wasn't taking care of myself. And now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that everybody who is going to get surgery or needs surgery or whatever doesn't love themselves. But I'm saying that's probably a, a good portion of, of people. But at, at some point, they decide that they want to. It's when you reach that point that you're going to change. You know, and then it's not only that, but then after that, it's a whole new growing experience too. You know, I mean, we're still, uh, you know, and, and we don't talk it about, about a whole lot, but you're a lot more open about it now, about your childhood trauma, you know, and, and how that affected you for your whole life. And, you know, and then the trauma with he who shall not be named and, and how that left you. And we got closer on that. It's better because you're moving on to a new chapter, you know? And so I guess going back to my story so to speak uh, when i was coming out of uh, like my depression and this was you know before i met you it was therapeutic for me to tell other people my story and even to this day you know once about once a year um it's it's kind of like a required training that we do in the military where we talk about like uh you know, suicide and depression. And I mean, we talk about suicide, depression and resilience and all that stuff all the time. About once a year, I give a class to all the soldiers that I work with. And uh, every time I talk about, you know, my life and my experiences and what led up to it. And what I've noticed over the years is that more and more, I've given out more details and less and less will I cry when I'm telling those stories. Because like, I, I will cry in the middle of it in front of all these soldiers, because you know, and even now, um, like just telling you right now, I'm starting to tear up just a little bit because it really, I realize how deep that is in me. And, you know, and, the, and what that is, is, you know, they call it, uh, I mean, sure there's lots of terms, but they call it detecting icebergs. Right. And so it's these things that are major foundational changes in your life. You might see just this little piece of it, but it's a huge story underneath, you know? And, uh, and so that's why like, you know, for everybody that's out there, you got to, you know, you, you, once again, you got to go and find those core reasons. And then, you know, and so then once you get post-surgery, it's not just, it's not it, you know, that's all right, I'm good now. Like, no, you still got to, that's when, you know, you need to start coming on. And, and you know, and that's why I think, um, you know, like your podcast, babe, is that what I like about it is that people are getting a chance to tell their story. Now, what I would encourage all those people to do is go and tell somebody else, their story start talking about it a little bit more and you'll be amazed at how that's going to transform you because you'll learn to come to terms with it more than if you just get surgery and hope that that's the one thing that's going to fix you you know because mm-hmm. it's more than you, you got to deal with it you know the problem still it's just another tool that gets you set on the right path you know
0: that was amazing i wish i could just take that clip and just carry it with me every day <laughs> it's so good I was perfect. Yeah, yeah. Software. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I do have that. I do have this man that lives with me every day. That's why I married you. I oh, think yeah. I think one of the, the and I say this all the time. It's when me and Doug met. I just had a lot of anxiety and just going through all that shit that I was going through. And I remember <laughs> you hugged me in the apartment and you hugged me and you said, take a deep breath. You said breathe in three breathe out three and at the time I was like how the fuck am I supposed to inhale for three seconds like <laughs> that's so long and exhale for three seconds like because I was so wound up you know <laughs> and I think once I started doing that and you would just hold me and breathe and I think you just gave me such peace and I remember that and I just I fell in love with you no you know, I did <laughs> I just, I fell in love with your patience and kindness and see, now I'm going to cry because, you know, it, it really did change my life and I'm just so thankful to have found you and I love you so much. Yeah. I love you too. I'm sorry. I'm crying. You <laughs> I'm know, such a cry baby. <laughs> you know,
1: I like speaking of changing lives, you know, and, um, I know I'm straying away from the subject of how much we love each other. But, uh, you know, it, it's just, it was another thing that do I mean, I wish I would have said a minute ago is, uh, you know, so in 2012, when I, I was working at Fort Leonard Wood and I would have these soldiers that would come through and train Fort Leonard Wood's in Missouri, for those that don't know. And uh, at the end of every class, they had to write anonymous letters to my boss and they read them. And then what it, the reason for it was to basically kind of find out if you're doing things wrong or doing things right, you know, and uh, it was, a, you know, and they didn't put names on them. Now, that being said, all my guys always put their names on them because uh, they, you know, they really (laughs) like cool like that. But um, anyway, so I had this one soldier one time who after this class that I I said I I gave and this was just when I was first starting out, he said that uh, he had actually had a plan to go home as soon as he was finished with training and he was going to kill himself. Um, he was going to sell all of his belongings and, um, passing everything off. He was going to kill himself. Like he had a whole plan of how he was going to do it and he even wrote it in there, like exactly what he was going to do. And, um, and, and this was one of the more, uh, pivotal, you know, ones that, that ever happened, you know, and he said that, uh, you know, because after hearing, um, Sergeant Smith's class on resilience and his story and everything that he went through, you know, i Decided that I'm not going to. And I honestly feel like he saved my life. And he is still alive it. So he didn't himself. But the moral, or if you will, of that story is um, that's a, another thing, another reason I think it's important for you and all of the people that are on here to share your stories. Because, you know, that's the only person that I ever saw that wrote a letter, right? That like actually, or that I, I saw in words you know, how it changed their life. Right. And so you think about that, even if there's that one person and let's just say that that is the only person whose life I ever saved by getting out there and sharing that, you know, then uh, good. It's so worth it, you know, And, and that's how all of you should feel is, you know, if you, tell your story and you change one life. I mean, it doesn't matter if you know whose life you change. It doesn't matter if they give you credit for it. It doesn't matter if you, you know, even know that it was changed, just knowing that you could have, and that you may have done that. That's, you know, in the end, that's what we're all here for, you know, is to make the human race a better place, you know, and you can't cause like the stories are really powerful, you know, and they're, you know, cause they, especially because there's so many people that are affected by it and some of the things that, Some of the women you've interviewed have gone through in their lives. is just tragic and horrible, you know, so if they could share that and fix something that's happening in somebody else's life. Now that's, that's heroic is what that is. That's word for that. That's very heroic.
0: Thank you. I'm I'm trying not to
1: cry. So like, I gotta, I I swear. You've changed a lot of lives, baby. I'm very proud of you. And I hope you keep it up. And I think All it's right. one of the cool things that you've done. You know, with just as a start as kind of a hobby idea and <laughs> came a little bit more. So I'm proud yeah. of you for this one.
0: It's growing. It's growing. It's growing. Well, thank you for being a part of the podcast today, Doug. I thank love you, for, you.
1: You know, our our anniversary is coming up in about uh, a little over a month. What day what day is that?
0: Wait, okay, I know it's in April.
1: It's easy to remember. It's the day after Josh's birthday. We, we it was gonna be Is it Josh- the
0: second or the third? I kind of think
1: No, because we had to leave on the third because it was gonna be so <laughs> because of because that's when we got there. But then we're like, no, we don't wanna do that because that's Josh's birthday. So sorry, I know my camera's probably shaking there. But um, for those that don't know Josh's, you know, one of Cece's sons who's born on April Fool's. But, uh, you know, and also we did want an on April Fool's wedding. So <laughs> yeah. we the next day because then the very next day I had to leave because I had to go to work because I had to go up to Abilene, you the know. Military
0: so, again, yeah.
1: four hours I had to leave. Yeah, you know, so, so. So April yeah.
0: the 2nd is our anniversary saturday <laughs> okay
1: I obviously remember it better than you so that's okay
0: when's my birthday doug let's let's start th- when's, when's my birthday
1: july 27th what year 19, 1995
0: it's 85 <laughs> almost got it
1: no you you got it we're making up ages here right because i know but a- i
0: don't want to be that young
1: oh okay 85 take it year. Do you want me- I swear you're not older than me at all. Not
0: nah. <laughs> Okay. Now you're, now you're, you're crossing the line. Now you're talking. <laughs> Thanks for being here. I love you. And thank you for your words of inspiration. Do you have any advice for any husbands out there who have a wife had bariatric surgery? I always, after every episode, I like to ask for any words of wisdom.
1: Post-op. Hmm. Okay. So <clears throat> you need to feel guilty if you're eating bad or eating too much in front of your wife when she can't eat that much. You should. <laughs> I, I, per- I believe that firmly to my core, that you should feel guilty about it. So you need to find another way, but don't do what I did and go eat a bunch of junk on the side. Okay. Get creative with your food. I, you know, I know now like, you know, we've been trying this like beyond meat stuff and whatnot, which I actually kind of enjoy and. All right, I won't, I don't want to say that too loud. I want people to think that I'm a vegetarian or something like that, <laughs> but, uh, but no, definitely, you know, be willing to try some new things, you know, experiment because uh, you know, I guess an advantage is that I think you and I, more me, but we, we like cooking and trying new recipes like I'll get recipe books. And I, I would cook every single one of them every single day if I'd found new recipes, you know, so do that, you know, otherwise though, don't try to fight it. Don't, you know, try to think that, you know life is really changing that much don't get that mentality like well i'm not gonna do that just because you're gonna do it because I'm pretty sure you're married you're supposed to support each other regardless of the you know reasons so
0: yeah all right baby <laughs> call me later
1: okay i will baby i love you Happy Valentine's. Jo-
0: happy mm-hmm. valentine's day douglas hey thanks for listening if you like the show please rate review and subscribe on any platform that you get your podcast and check us out at patreon that's patreon.com forward slash fairy diaries for more exclusive content deep dives and info on upcoming events don't forget follow us on social media see you there